You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. What I'm, the material that I'm, that I'm saying today, as you can see from the board, is from Rabbi Yomtev Zanger, or Zinger, who is a Tzanz uh, Magidshir, he seems to be on the rov of the community, and this was from his Shabbat Shuvah of last year, so about a year ago. So one of the things he brings here is about, and we could follow his basic uh, approach, and we might add or change things. So, but call to Reb for giving a good Shabbos Shuvah One of the things that he brings is, of course, the Minag, that's Pranashokhanarach, to be Tovel Erev Yom Kippur. Now, I'm not sure if people are going to be doing that this year. Um, I don't know. I think probably in terms of COVID, it's probably not such a great idea to be sharing the same water with people and going into the mikvah. However, it is a very strong minhag. Um, to the point that the Shulchanorach had to say, it's a great minhag, but you don't make a bracha. So why would he have to even say, don't make a bracha? Isn't it just that you're doing tshuva or you were uh, you wanted to like get Tisha Kabin from Kerry? But it's why is it harder? Because it seems that even though they're Mabata Trivat Ezra, somehow Erevim Kippur was still stronger. And maybe Erevim Kippur, the Bittal, was not there. And we know Rasadi going to hell, that you do make a problem. Um, now, we know <clears throat> that if a person wants to be Makbid on Trivat Ezra, he has some grimy stuff under his fingernails or something else on his body. He doesn't have to remove that, and he can still say, I fulfilled the idea of a Balkari, uh, someone who's also Gantashim Shemit, I went to the mikvah. But the Shual Kodesh says that when it comes to Erev Yom Kippur, you need to be Makbed on Chatzitzot. Even men, obviously, is what we're talking about. And that is the way the Kitzur Shulchan Arach and Shulman also says it. Um, it's interesting that the Rav Zenger makes a deal from the Mishkagura. I wasn't aware of that. I knew about it from the from the Shua and the Kitzer and Sipasatran. I think I told the story how I was once in one year very mocked on Chatzitza. I wanted to make sure that my mouth was totally clean from any sort of food particles. I think I told you the story. It was right after I got married and I knew about the Salacha. So it's been going back many, many years already. And uh, I didn't take care of my gums that well. And because of that, I was flossing. And I actually flossed so strongly that I uh, disrupted something. And I had the terrible, the greatest root canal pain. Uh, and I had to have root canal surgery. I was taking, uh, I was taking um, uh, painkillers on Yom Kippur. And I wouldn't have had to had I not been mocked on on Chatzitzot, the way I was. So I know about this. This Allah speaks to me. I still remember that in Kippur. Anyway, but still, a person should try to take off all Chatzitzot. Now, here's an interesting view if he brings from the Mishnah Let's say Leilein was somebody becomes an Ovel between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Um, and we know an Ovel is also Birochitza. So the, the, uh, the Mishnah says, quotes according to Ramah, that an Ovel can actually be, can do Rechitza and Tevila. Not only wash his body, the Kavid Yom Kippur, it can also go to the Mikvah. And the Chorah, an Ovel is also Rechitza, 
uh, even Kolam and Yom. And in the, even though you want to say it's Erev Yom Kippur, an Erev Yom Kippur Lachara should take away the Shiva, that's true. But Rechitza Bachamin, which is what people did, going to the mikveh and everything, that would be Usr even, even during the Shloshim, till the Shloshim is over. So, therefore, um, based on that, you can see why they allow, but it must be because it's a mitzvah. Because it's not just regular rechitza. The tevil is a mitzvah, and that's the reason why, once he's going to the mikvah, which is a mitzvah, we also let him do rechitza as well. Um, now, why do we let him do rechitza? Because the rechitza, the Mishnah Brewer explains, takes off the chatzitzas of tevilah. So this comes out of Heter. So you see from this halacha that you're allowed in all the Loyaleno is allowed to go to a warm and uh, wash himself in a warm uh, bath and go to the mikvah near Yom Kippur. It's all because it's more chomer. A tefillah's carry, he might not be allowed to do rechitza. Maybe he go to the mikvah, but a rechitza before any wouldn't be allowed. But here, the hot water is enough to take off all the dirt and grime that's on his body because otherwise it would be a chatzitza. Now, since people are mocked, but of going to the mikvah near Yom Kippur, generally, um, the Mat Ephraim writes that you know you're going to the mikvah, so we know, based on the psak of the Ramah, a person, again, you got to get rid of the chatzitzos, here's a place where chatzitzos show up, your fingernails and your toenails. You know, women who go to the mikvah have to cut their, cut their toenails and cut their fingernails. But there's halacha that the Ramah writes that you should not cut your, many people don't know about this, but it is in Shulchan Aruch, that you shouldn't cut your fingernails and your toenails on the same day. So since you know that you're going to be, again, it's all part of the same cheshpan, you're going to be makbed on the because you're going to the mikvah on Erev Yom Kippur, so the, the day before Yom Kippur should be the day you cut either your toenails or your fingernails. On Erev Yom Kippur, you'll cut the other ones. Um, the Matafraim says, Bidiyeved, you can still be notal both in the same day. Because even though the Ramor writes it's a Kbeda, that might that might have been based on the old Kabbalah before the Arizal. The Arizal was not Choshesh, and he was said you could do it in one day. Similarly, by the way, the Ramor says there's a Seder, and you might know about it. We can look it up in Shulchan Aruch a little bit later. How you're supposed to cut your... Um, uh, finger, how are you supposed to cut your toenails and your hand and your fingernails? You're not. There's an order. You're supposed to skip a finger. Mm-hmm. Um, the kabbalistic thing, right? But the Arizal, who uh, Richard uh, was not any slack. He was the great kabbalist. Said you don't have to be mocked on the seder. So it seems that the Arizal and his ruach hakodesh knew that whatever mystical reason there was for uh, being very careful about this one didn't have to be careful about it anymore. Um, you know, again, I'm not a bucky in these inyanim, but I do know that 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 Mukuboim sometimes say that the certain koichas hatuma have weakened. Uh, and because of that, we I know that the Vilnagon, uh, for example, said um, that... Um, that when the Graf Bratotsky, uh, and you know who I'm talking about, of course, the Gear of Ram Ben Avram, 
uh, Dr. Kogan. You know, I'm talking about, of course, the famous Graf Pratotsky, who was who was a very close friend of the Vilna Gaon. But after he Victor, died, I think Victor is his first name, right? It was yeah. Victor Pratotsky, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he when he died in Al Kiddush Hashem, um, the Vilna Gaon said there was a, that there was a bittel of the Tumas Yadayim on your hands, and we became more kuladik about how makbud you have to be on Nagel And you're able to go to the bathroom and walk, whatever. You don't have to have it right by your hands anymore. And we know this was one of the great things, you know, how tuma, the Gemara talks about the, 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 the Tuma from the shade that it's on your hands. But sometimes events in history change things. And uh, the Arizal somehow knew that some historical events had changed the worry Richard, about this Kabbalistic worry about cutting your fingernails in a different order. Whatever had been the Kepeda before was no longer the issue. Just like, and things can change. And, but you have to be someone like Darizo or the, uh, the Vilna Gon to know that. Um, therefore, of course, here there's a question of Chatzitza. And you didn't, you forgot to do it. You want to be mapping a Chatzitza. So cut them both. On the same day, and of course, this is what I did. You should also, of course, take a, a, a toothpick or a floss and clean your teeth before you go to the mikvah on Erev Yom Kippur. Last week, we talked about, um, you might remember, we talked about um, what do you bench by Mizuman if you have to... Uh, um, if you have to do you bench pemizuman if you were eating on Yom Kippur and you had a heter to eat. And we talked about how Revol Yoshev's psaq was that you don't. Um, we didn't talk about it, but, but we said that you do do you do the brochachrona and you say yalaviyavo. And we talked about, you know, yom, uh, uh, yom, uh, yom akipurimazeh. You would say, you would say yalaviyavo. What about... Um, Someone who's eating, and we talked about this also last week a lot, the idea of eating pochot pochot mekashir. That's the way you are eating. You don't have the infusion like we talked about last week. So um, Rav Zenger says uh, that you should definitely make a brocha rishona. Um, and clearly it's not, uh, you have no problem with that. Uh, there is the shita of one of the Rishonim that says that if you're forced to eat, it's not really a hano. You'd rather not be eating. You're eating because you must. So when you don't really want to eat, the Ra'ah felt that maybe you don't even make a bracha Rishonim. By the way, there is, uh, there is a, a, an aspect of this that I know Rav Steinman Zatzal was mocked on. Steinman would not uh, he would not drink water unless he really was thirsty for it. He wasn't sure. A lot of times people take water, you know, to hydrate themselves, but they don't necessarily have hanol from it. They say, "Oh, I got to hydrate myself." Oh, I, I, I. So Rav Steinman was worried about this, and he would only drink water within a meal. He was very makbid because he was worried about a bracha because he wasn't sure because maybe unless you have true hanol from something. Maybe you don't make a brach on it. So this was the svar of the ra'ah, that people who are need to eat because they have to, even though pachas make a shear, but we don't hold that way. We hold like uh, the poskim, uh, the mishabura, that says you do make a brach. Now, now um, obviously, because in Yom Kippur, uh, the food is mutter. 
it's different. Even even the Ra'ol was talking about someone who was in a sakana who had to eat something that was osir. That's different. Now, what about the fact, Rav Zenger points out, that if he's eating bikashir, let's say he, I mentioned last week that you can use four minutes. You might remember I said that. Um, there is the shita, that's the most homer shita, that in order to be pras, the shita of the chsam sofer, is nine minutes. So you'd have to wait. In other words, you'd have to wait within, that when you took one morsel, you'd have to wait a complete nine minutes till you took the other morsel. So, um, maybe then you have to make a new bracha. So Rav Zenger says, no, obviously he's thinking about eating and he's looking at the clock, waiting for the other nine minutes. Um, so therefore, there, there's no problem. You can make one bracha and, and, and he's eating those morsels consistently for, who knows, for hours. In fact, he quotes the Mishnah Bura that says that um, even if somebody, and this is in Hilchos Prochos, the Mishnah Bura says, let's say someone... Uh, had in mind to eat, and it's already past the zman ichul, right? No, no, in other words, where we would say he cannot do birchat hamazon, right? Let's say it's already past seventy-two minutes, so you could say, well, I can't do birchat hamazon because it's already become uh, consumed, and in my body, I've already absorbed it, I've already uh, you know, digested it. But the mishabur holds that if you were thinking that you wanted to eat some more the bracha rishona could still work. Now, the whole idea of the zman ichku, of waiting 72 minutes, is that, hey, you can't bench anymore, because the whole benching is ve'chalta v'savata. You don't feel savua, right? Uveirachta, the birchata mazon, comes on the heels of the sevia. But you don't have the sevia, because it's 72 minutes. But the Mishabur says, but that's about only bracha achrona. But when it comes to the bracha rishona, as long as he had in mind, hey, I want to eat, I want to eat, you don't need to make a new bracha. As long as you were thinking that you wanted to eat. So therefore, um, the uh, Zenger says, over here, it's definitely no worse. right? Even though he's waiting in order that it shouldn't be a shear, he doesn't need to make another bracha. Okay. But then he asks a very good question. He asks a question. He says that, and this is the question that Reb Vosner asks as well, the great Reb Posik Reb Vosner from B'nai Brak. Reb Vosner asks, along with Reb Zenger, you could say that there's a hefsik here. Why? In other words, when a person is just waiting for the next food to come and he has it in his mind, okay, he's always been thinking he's going to eat. But on Yom Kippur, for this person, he specifically is not eating, like he takes the morsel, chews it, nine minutes. I can't eat within these nine minutes. During those nine minutes, he's like in a a state of, I cannot eat. Because if I do, I've now connected my achilos. And I, I, I'm not enough of a chola to allow myself to do that. He's enough of a chola to eat pochus pochus mikashir, where it might be, a, as we said last week for, with Rebel Yoshev, it might be chatzishir, which is also in Torah, but it's allowed for him because of his situation. It's not the chi of chorus. 
but he doesn't want to be in the Chi of Karis. He doesn't have the right to be Mekel on the Chi of Karis. So he is Bedafka not eating. So therefore, maybe that's called a hefsik. It's like he's bedavka not eating now. So maybe when he takes the morsel again after nine minutes, if he's machmer like the some so especially, he'll have to make a new bracha. Ravosner says it's similar to what the Vilna Gon's explanation of why on the night of Pesach, why we make a bari priagofen on each one of the four cups, even though you know you're drinking it. Why? Because you know you're being mafsik with Halil and Haggadah, right? You know you're going to be mafsik, even though you're planning on drinking, because you have to do other stuff. You can't be drinking. You know you can't drink the whole time because you need to say the Haggadah. You need to say some other stuff. You need to say other words. So that Lachora, if that's the reason why you make a brach on the four cups, each one gets its own bari priyagofen. So Lachora, the same should be when a person's eating pachos pachos mikashir, he should also make a new whatever brach it was, shahakal or mizonis, whatever he's, he's, he's eating. So, um, Ravosner, um gives an interesting answer. He says there's a difference between you can see here, Misha Mafsik Biadayim Benachilos. In other words, in one case, not only is he not eating, he's doing an action that won't let him eat. He's saying Hawel, he's saying the Haggadah, right? So, therefore, it's he's Bapoyo making a Hefsik. Mashenkein over here, he's just holding back. Um, and that, I think, is a. Uh, is, is, is a good answer. Another answer that the Reb says, that Reb Zenger quotes, is that we know the Prima Godim speaks about someone that, um, let's say he's somebody, I don't know, he's a shtickle of Meshugana in a way. What does he do? Uh, it's, the tightness is about to end. But, it's, but he has, or maybe not Meshugana, maybe he doesn't know the exact time. Maybe what happened was, was that he, um, you know, he was, uh, he, he wasn't watchful on the time. And he said, oh, the tainus is over. And then someone shows him on the, uh, on the maizmanim that he still has a number of minutes to go. So he made the brocha besof tainus. But he still, in other words, he still can't eat. So now that it's definitely late enough to eat, he can do what? He is allowed... Um, the Prima Godim says to, doesn't have to make a brocha because he's been waiting. Hmm. But he knows he can't eat because if he eats, he's, he has violated the tightness. The tightness is not over yet. So you see what Prima Godim explains why. Because what, it's not a real hefsik. It's only the fact that time hasn't happened yet. It's mechusr zman. But the zman is happening. Time is is irrevocable. Time is going to happen no matter what. So the time is, he just is missing that time. So here too, uh, even though he knows, so it's uh, since it's only an issue of time that will definitely happen, it's not considered a hesachadas, and he doesn't have to make a new bracha. Now, that's in terms of the bracha rishona. But what about the bracha achrona? So again, there can't be a brocha chrona, because the whole idea is is that you ate it in more than achilas pras. 
so you don't have a sheer kezayis, which is significant enough. In other words, a bracha rishon, you make even on a small amount. On this small morsel, on this small morsel, and on another small morsel. But when it comes to bracha achrona, you have to have a shear. And that's the whole reason why he's eating this way, so it shouldn't be a shear. Now, you could disagree, though, because the shearim are different. In other words, where he's eating on, a, let's say, on a regular day, and he's eating morsels of food. So there, the shear to bench, let's say it's bread, He's eating morsels of bread. So the shear of bread is a kezayis bechdei achilas pras. A kezayis of bread. Masha'enkin on Yom Kippur, it's a kosevis, which is bigger than a kezayis. So l'chora, you could say, maybe he ate a kezayis. It's true, he didn't eat a kosevis bechdei achilas pras, but he ate a kezayis bechdei achilas pras. The main thing is he didn't eat a kosevis. Now, a kosevis might be 50% more than a kazayas, let's say. So let's say a kazayas is three ounces. And a kosevis, let's say, is four and a half ounces. As far as Yom Kippur goes, as long as he doesn't eat the four and a half ounces, within nine minutes, he's okay. So lechora, lechora, but he ate a kazayas. And a kezayis, so maybe he should make the bracha krona based on a kezayis. So here we have a chiddush of Reb Shlomo Zaman Orabach. He says, um, we know that there's a debate whether, you know, the Nodabi Yehuda brought to the table, is whether our shiurim may have gotten smaller. In other words, the Noidi Behuda and the Sefer, the Tzlach, and Brocho says that based on his um, calculations, and in order to jive the Gemara with the reality of what he saw today, that eggs have gotten smaller, and therefore the Kazesim and everything has gotten smaller. Which means... What would mean is, is that you have to, in order to makaya matzah, you have to eat more. So therefore, uh, when it comes to uh, the shir koseves, we're machmir, not like the noyde Yehuda, um, and we say, no, the they haven't gotten smaller. In other words, because we don't want, because when it comes to Pesach, there's a chumrah, you have to eat more matzah. When it comes to Yom Kippur, you'd have you'd be chayev with less. So therefore, he says on Yom Kippur, you can't say the normal shir kosev is based on the bait. So you have to say lo nisgatnu abeitzim, and therefore you can't eat more than thirty samach mem kuf, which I think is thirty milla. What is that? Samach mem kuf, Moshe, thirty. Uh, 30 milligram. 30 milligrams of... Actually, 30 gram, not 30 milligrams. 30 grams of, of food. So that would be in terms of how you have to be machmir. But in terms of making a bracha, where we say, Suffolk bracha okay, we're choshish, the Nodi Buddha is right, and that you haven't eaten enough. And that the sheer kezayis, in order to really make the bracha, even with the Rabbanan, is more than that. So you can't make a bracha chrona misofik.
one last thing I want to talk about here um, um, is about that. Let's say uh, someone that needs to eat on Yom Kippur, if he goes to shul. In other words, going to shul is going to is going to drain him. So obviously, you know what Allah is, that he doesn't go to shul, he stays home. And even though, in other words, if going to shul will weaken him to the point that he's going to have to eat in shul, of course, you don't weaken yourself, you stay home. This is obvious. Um, and even though um, he's already ill, and he's allowed to eat pachas b'shiurim, but Rashomah Zalman said, if by going to shul, you're going to have to drink a little bit more, just a little bit more. So even though he's going to be drinking at home anyway, but if by going to shul, he's going to have to take another extra sip, it's still enough of a, uh, he brought himself into an ones, like we saw Eliashim said, you can't do that. You can't push yourself into a case where you're an ones. You should just stay home instead. Um, and again, today, of course, a lot of people are going to, right. Here's the last thing we're going to do. Um, sometimes Rav Zenger says you might have a pregnant woman who cannot fast. Why? Because not only is she pregnant, she's also got babies at home as well. And for her to be up dealing with the little children and being pregnant, you know that she's going. To, she, 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 it's going to be. She's going to have to eat. If, however, she can just lie in bed all day, she can get through the fast, and the doctors don't think it's a threat to the baby. If she has to wake up, she has to get up. Um, she's definitely going to have to eat at least a chatzishir. So Shlomo Zaman Orabach writes that if she cannot find help, she's not able to get an ozeret. The husband has a mitzvah to stay home, and he won't daven b'tzibur in order for his wife to be able to fast on Yom Kippur, so he can be a helper with the children. Um, now, l'chora, this has to do with I'm going to lose something for your mitzvah, and we know Rishon himself says that you don't have to go out of your way to stop a person you know, from being machal Shabbos, if it, if it would be, if it would be pikuach nefesh, as you don't have to go out of your way, if he, your friend would have the heter anyway, because of pikuach nefesh, so you don't have to lose something in order that your friend can't have the heter, so maybe the husband should go to shul normally, and his wife will have the heter, but he says, no, um, the husband has a responsibility to his wife here, it's not just like a guy off the street, shiny abal, he is, first of all, again, <laughs> there's something wrong with this picture. The wife is, is pregnant, and, 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 and right now, of course, again, you might disagree. Maybe she should eat, but obviously, if she could fast, if she just stays in bed, the husband is the babysitter all day. He's the strong guy in the babysitter all day, and he dobbins when he can. And I think this is, again, a, a, an example a very, very important psaac, and really, you know, putting things into 
perspective of, of, of how, what a Yom Kippur should be. I would say this husband should be very, very happy that he was able to be Mazake, his wife, in the midst of fasting on Yom Kippur and to, to be that helper in, in, in the shul that day, a helper for his wife and not being in shul. He probably, to me, if somebody would follow this psak, I think uh, he'd probably, HaKadosh Baruch Hu would probably look at it with more uh, chashibus than any of the davening that he would do in shul. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.